In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good evening once again. Uh, how was your day? I hope you are, you are kicking into the year now fully, right? Okay. Has the old up started? It has started full-blown. So 2020 has kicked off. <laughs> Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. All right, today we'll be talking about the topic that I called uh, Becoming a Light in the Darkness. Becoming a Light in the Darkness. And um, I, I just want to ask like an opening question, uh, I, I, if anybody would be willing to be vulnerable to us. You know, you say, the question is that, when have you felt the lowest in your life and how did you handle it? When have you felt the lowest? Was there a time in your life that things were really going south, you, you know, and how did you handle it? How did you get out of it? Maybe you want to share with us. Anybody here? Okay, there's a hand there. Uh, we'll just take two if there are two people. We'll take that one first. Okay, let's go. Uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Good evening, church. Good evening. Um, I think year 2002. Um, about two years, three, I, you know, a good job, but I was completely burnt out. Mm. I was totally burnt out. I wanted to resign, leave the job, but with the situation of the country, my husband has his own job, their kids, you know, to cater for. It was like I was tied down. Leave, you can't leave. You have to face up and live up with this job. And... I was boxed into a corner. It really affected me that, I mean, they had to send me to the occupational health in my company. And eventually, I had to move jobs. I had to change jobs and move to another department. But within the space of that 2004 to 2006, it was really bad. But I thank God. I went back to God. And the process of looking, you know, hanging on to God, praying, sometimes in the night, I'm doing a, a lot of vigils. Asking God, what exactly do you want me to do? When he dropped it, my husband couldn't believe it. Any normal person couldn't believe what he dropped into my heart to do. And I was like, how do I start? He gave me what to do. I went about it. And, you know, there were people already. But by the time I moved, I saw that people were there to give me direction. So I went for a lot of courses and seminars. The job I wanted to quit, God told me not to. I held on, and he opened the, you know, the opportunity. I saw the things. I, in the process of waiting, he gave me the name of the company. I held on to it. And by 2006, when I changed jobs, I had already started the company in 20, 2004. I didn't quit that job until 2013. Wow. And today, I want to thank God. Looking back, no regrets. No regrets. I want to bless God. He was really, really, you know. Amen. Praise Lord. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So, I mean, you, you are in a dark place and you turned to God and lights came and poor. That's huge. Let me use pastor's words. Very huge. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> Anybody else wants to, wants to share uh, an experience that you have? Okay, there's someone in the choir. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Okay, so um, it just took me back to when I was still in school. And uh, I mean, I went to a private school and I lost my parents as a young boy. So I, my uncle paid for my school fees for two years. And the remaining two years, there was no show. And there was a time I thought, in fact, I always said to myself, look, I'm no longer going back to this school. And, you know, um, I just don't know. After spending like a few months at home and boom, just like that, school fees came up. Not from the same uncle, but from different people who were around to help. And recently, I actually figured, found out that it wasn't a school fees issue. It's not that he didn't have the money. Some people just spoke against it to him. So looking back, I'm like, wow. Because, I mean, some people spoke against it to him, but still, God still came through. So, I mean, that's, that's big for me. So, Amen. Amen. So there was darkness again in terms of the school fees, and God came through with light. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, um, <clears throat> There was a day I was, uh, I was in the plane. I, I think we were about approaching uh, Lagos. It was a night flight. And if you are abroad and you are about approaching any airport and you are maybe hovering over the city, most uh, developed countries, you would see a lot of light everywhere. You know, it's like the city is lit up. But if you are approaching Lagos or Nigeria... Some of you are already smiling. You just see pockets of light here and there, scanty. And that tells you that, okay, you have no, the pilot has not missed road. You're in Lagos. Now, why did I come up with this story? Is that that particular day, even though the light was scanty, as I was looking down and shaking my head, all of a sudden, in one whole area, everything just went. I said, ah, up Nepa. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, darkness is, is not something that is, is very interesting. It's not something very nice because it's, um, it just delays activities. It frustrates efforts. So today we'll be talking about, um, as we go on, we talk about three types of darkness that, we, that, we, that is, uh, that, up, that we, the way we can explain darkness. We'll be using three types. So the first one is physical darkness. Physical darkness. That's when there's no light at all. You know, um, Exodus 10, 21 to 23. Exodus 10, 21 to 23. I'll read it. It's the story of the children of Israel when the plague, uh, when God released the plague of darkness upon Egypt. He said, then the Lord said to Moses, lift your hand towards heaven and the land, and the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness so thick you can feel it. So Moses lifted his hand to the sky and a deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt for three days. During all that time, the people could not see each other and no one moved. But there was light as usual with the people of Israel. You know, this was thick darkness, physical darkness, the absence of physical light. Bible says that no one moved. You know, the uh, the way you can explain this to understand is like when you're in your house, everybody's sitting around, maybe watching TV. And a light goes. If you have children, at, if you, it's like my house where you have children. The first thing you say is, everybody stay where you are. Don't move. Because if they move around in darkness, 
I mean, anything can happen. You know, so deep darkness like this, physical, where there is no light, is one example of darkness, physical, where you can't see anything. And one of, one of the things that is associated with this is that there's no form of activity. You can't do anything. So if there's deep darkness in the land, there's not so much of activity that can be done. There's not so much of trade that can be done or commerce. It just stalls a lot of things. What you, what, what, what you could easily have done with light, in the absence of light, you are incapacitated. You are helpless. Amen. That's physical darkness. Now, the second type of darkness that exists is what, what I call mental darkness. Mental darkness. So mental darkness is, is like when you, you lack knowledge. When you lack understanding, maybe on a particular topic or a particular area, something you don't know about. Up until about five, six years ago, I I was never someone that was interested in politics. I I just never cared, you know. But now, I mean, and at that time, if you had asked me anything about politics, I would have just ignored it. But now, I have light a a little bit there in that area, you know. Up until when I came into the profession that I am right now, I mean, even I, I'm a farmer, for most of you that you know, uh, I, I tell people that up until when I started my own farm, I actually never stepped on any farm before. So that was like, a, at that time, it was like a mental darkness because I didn't really know so much about it and I had to learn. I had to learn the hard way. I had to learn and learn and learn. So mental darkness is a situation where you lack knowledge in a particular area. It could even maybe be with children. You know, when you're teaching a child something, and you're trying to explain it to him, and he's not getting it. You're trying to explain. You're using different examples. He's not getting it. Then all of a sudden, he catches it, and he says, oh, I get it now. And he begins to do what you expect him to do. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Mental darkness exists, and until knowledge or light comes, it, it can be a barrier to you progressing. Another type of mental darkness, which is, um, I mean, if I, the way I would describe it is when you have a mental blockage on a particular matter based on your experiences, or based on how you are raised, or based on how your background. You know, it's very sad nowadays that I see a lot of what I call them millennials, or a new generation of men being raised now, and their mentality about being a man is, I can't keep myself oh. I'll explain what I mean. So you see a man that maybe because of the phase of life he is, he is struggling to pay his children's school fees. Instead of facing up to that reality, reality and challenging himself and say, this is my responsibility, this is what I need to do, and I must make sure it happens, he switches to, I beg, I've tried my best, I can't kill myself. That's mental darkness. Because in his mind, he's not even conditioned that he can achieve what he should be achieving. That's a form of mental darkness. And if there's anybody with that kind of mental darkness today, 
In the name of Jesus, light will come. In the name of Jesus. Because it's become, I see it a lot. I, I, I mean, I interact with people in counseling and the likes. And it's there. It's real. Especially with the millennials. It's real. And it's scary. It's scary. Because they don't want to push themselves. And it's become, I mean, I just sang a, a song about it right now, right? Even the society, today's world, is making it look like it's normal. They hype it like it's okay. It is not okay to be mentally dark. Praise God. It's, a, it's something we need to change. And the third type of darkness is what we call spiritual darkness. Now, I'm sure we all know what spiritual darkness is. But in simple terms, spiritual darkness, I mean, the scriptures to back up the, that uh, mental darkness is there. Hosea 4.6 and 2 Corinthians 4.6. Um, spiritual darkness is essentially the absence of God in someone's life. So you'll be seen to be experiencing spiritual darkness when you don't have God in your life. When, when you are trying to do things on your, on your own. When you're trying to run on your own. It will be seen as you having spiritual darkness. Because of course you're going to be prey to the enemy. If, 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 if anybody that tries to do that. First Peter 2.9 God doesn't... God, this is the word of God for us. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. If you, uh, 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 that's how it says, you are a chosen people. That means God is not saying, look, you, it's, your, it's an option for you to come to him. God is saying, I have chosen you. So trying to run or do anything without God is, is more like rebellion. Because this is the design of God. God is saying, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is the plan of God. God doesn't want us to remain in a place of spiritual darkness. God is saying we are a chosen people, his own special possession. Amen. His own special possession. Now, if, if you look at all of this darkness, and they exist, because God is the one that actually created the darkness. They exist. You may want to be asking yourself, okay, so if God knows that darkness is not good, then why did he create it? Because right from the beginning, since God is the beginning and the ending, he knows all things from the beginning, and he knows how everything is going to end. What that also means is that right from the time, that God was creating Adam and Eve. He knew that somewhere along the line, there would be so much sin in the world that he would have to bring and sacrifice his only son, Jesus Christ, so that at the end of it, there will be salvation. Right? God knew. Why God now decided to still bring and allow everything to work that way, just make sure you get to heaven so you can ask him. Praise the Lord. But that's how God is. That, that's how he's running the agenda right now. And we, I mean, we have to accept it as it is. God knew that there would be sin in the world. God knew that there would be darkness in the world. And he said that he was going to send his son Jesus to be the light to this world. So many prophets in the Old Testament prophesied it. 
Numbers 24, 7. I'll read it. This was Moses prophesying it. He says, I see him, but not here now. Not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A light will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. This was Moses prophesying that Jesus was going to come thousands of years even before Jesus came. Praise the Lord. So, in essence, God is saying that I know that there will be darkness and God has already made provision for Jesus to come to this world to be the light that will chase away that darkness. So, since Jesus is the light, what does it mean that Jesus is the light? Or, 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 what, or, or how does that, what does that mean to us? Jesus is the light means that he makes God's unapproachable glory accessible in our lives. He makes God's unapproachable glory accessible in our lives. Um, if, if you read um, Job, Job said in Job 20, 20, 37, 23, he says, the Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power. So even though Job, during his time, knew God, he was saying, no, 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 this God is beyond our reach. And exalted in power. First Timothy 6.16 also talks about Jesus. He says, he alone can never die. He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. But what did Jesus now do? When Jesus came, Jesus came to tear all those barriers, all those things that, was, that stood between us and God. Jesus came to bring them down so that we can now approach him. And the glory of God becomes accessible in our lives. When Jesus was coming, he didn't come so that we could just know him as Jesus. Or that we could just be able to talk to him, talk about him as Jesus. But he came so that we could begin, not, we, we, we could experience him as God. I read a quote somewhere. He says, think of it like, like this, like the light bulb. God didn't just come and say, Yeah, have knowledge that I exist. As if the light bulb is the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God may be closer to having light than we were before, but knowledge in and of itself will not help us have light or life. So what Jesus does is he comes and opens our dark minds to know God and experience God. What he's saying is that when Jesus came, he came to open up our hearts so that we would not only know him, but we will experience him, that he will become part of us. Amen. When Jesus was coming, the reason why he was coming and wanted to become part of us is because he knows and he wants us to know that darkness is always going to be around. As Christians, I'm sure there's nobody, if I ask anybody here that says, oh, do you like darkness? Either mental darkness or physical darkness or spiritual darkness. There's nobody that's going to raise up his hand. Or should I try it? Anybody here that likes any of those forms of darkness? Nobody. But Jesus wants us to understand that that darkness will always exist. You know why? 
Because it's been there right from the beginning. If you, re- if you go to, to the creation, when God was cre- creating anything, each, each time after he created, um, um, when he created the fish of the sea, he said he looked at it and it was good. And evening passed and morning came. He created the animals. He says an evening passed and morning came. Meaning that darkness passed, morning came. Darkness passed, morning came. It's guaranteed that in life, this life that we are in, there will always be that period of darkness. Jesus came to ensure that we experience him so that we will be equipped and ready when the darkness comes. Not that when the darkness comes, we begin to panic. Or when the darkness comes, we we begin to fret. Jesus came so that when the darkness comes, we know what to do. Because if you look at it, I I mean, as I was studying this thing, I mean, I was just getting light. Genesis chapter 1, you can go and read it all through. After every form of creation, and God says it is good, immediately after that, Bible says, an evening passed. If you look at our day today, is it not morning and night? Morning and night, right? But here, God was saying, evening, morning. Meaning, darkness and light. Darkness, light. After every good thing that God created. What that means is that, is there something in your hand that you want to do right now? That God has told you to do? Or that you are planning to do, expect darkness before light. That's the sequence. Even though you will expect darkness before light, the, guarantee, the, the good thing about it is that there is a guarantee that immediately after the darkness, there will be light. That's the beautiful thing about it. That's the beautiful thing about it. Because it, it, it is not enough for you to get to, you have a brilliant idea or you have something God has told you you want to do or that God is moving you to the next level. Then you face some form of challenge, which is darkness, and you begin to fret. Look at the examples that they gave, that uh, lady, the, uh, lady, sister there and uh, Ifani gave. The, God wanted to take them to a new level, wanted to do something new with them. But the challenges were there. They could have sunk themselves there. If I could have aborted this program, they said uh, academics. Maybe started going to sell spare parts or something. <laughs> but he chose not. He's a graduate today. <laughs> Amen. He's not even a graduate, he's a worker. You know, when he, when he was in school, my wife used to call him students. Then when he became a graduate, my wife used to call him graduate. Then one day he said, I'm not a graduate, I'm a worker. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. There is always a phase. And it is a phase of what God wants to do, darkness and immediately light. Be ready for it. Be ready for it. So this light now, the only light, the light that we need to power us through this period that we are in, is the, is the light of Jesus. It's the light of Jesus. And that's the one that Jesus wants us to experience with him. Praise God. So the question is, what will 
you do with the light? What will you do now with this light? With this light of Jesus, what will you do with it? A few things I just wrote down here that we should do. A few things. Number one is to share this light with your loved ones. You know, as a Christian, I've come to realize that honestly, the most difficult, the most uncomfortable people to share Jesus with are the people that are closest to you. Your family, your closest friends. You know why? Because they have seen you finish. They've seen your worst. They've seen your best. So they, are, they will struggle to place you where, you know, with, with, with the picture that the world has of Jesus. They are the most difficult for us as Christians to be able to preach with. But guess what? They are the ones that Jesus is sending you to, to share the light with. So how do you want to, what, what, what will you do? Will you heed the word of Christ this year, the year of light, to share this light with them? Or will you choose not to? Look around you, your friends, your closest friends, which one of them are not saved? And what are you doing about it? You know, and again, I've, I've seen also that a lot of times when those, those people that are close to us, we keep saying, okay, don't worry, there's time, there's time, there's time. There's no time. The time is now. Share the light with them. Share the light with the loved ones. Share the light, number two. What will you do with the light? Share the light with the lost ones. Share the light with the lost ones. The people around you, maybe not very close to you, but the world, the world those that you don't know like that, get involved in evangelism. Get involved in outreach programs. Reach out to the ends of the earth. Reach out to, I mean, there's so many programs that you can join, even in church air. Reach out. You go make yourself available to spread the light of God. Because the, the, that, that's what God wants us to do. To share the light. Nobody takes... Nobody lights a candle or lights a lantern and puts it under the table. Of what use? You put it on the table so that it illuminates the entire room. Share your light. Share the light of Jesus with loved ones. Share it. It is not all the time that even those strangers, it's not all the time that they want to hear Jesus. Maybe what they want to see is your money. Maybe what they want to see is you walking into a restaurant and paying for someone else's food. Maybe what they want to see is for you getting into a bus and paying for someone that you know needs help. Share your lights. Share your lights. There are, I mean, there are so many ways that we can actually reach out to help people. So many ways. So many ways. Praise God. Or, I mean, or maybe if, if you, even if you can't do it yourself, look for genuine people that are reaching out to the world and support what they are doing. Support what they are doing. Praise God. Share the light with loved ones. You know, like they always say, 
people read people want to they want to see Jesus in you before they hear about Jesus from you how would your attitude how would your behavior how would your actions spread the lights to those that don't know Jesus how praise god number 3 what will you do with the lights share You have to share in the joy, share in the joy of being in the light. You have to share in the joy of being in the light. What do I mean by this? Your testimonies, the things that God has done for you, spread it. Let the world know that this is what God can do. Let the world know that this is what God has done and he is able to do. What we've gone through and we have overcome, when you share with someone that is just about to go through that situation, you'll be be shocked at how much relief they can get. There was a a couple of years ago, there was this um, young couple the, um, the, la- the lady was pregnant and was about to, was, I mean, getting ready to, to, what's the word now? Getting ready to put to bed. And uh, the doctors checked her and said, sorry, she can't have a normal delivery, that it has to be through cesarean section. And she, 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 she just couldn't, she just kept crying. She felt as if, um, she felt devastated. Like as if, what, what was her sin? What, why is, what, did, what did she do wrong? You know, and she was genuinely, maybe because of her background, what she has heard in the past, she felt it was, a, 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 um, that it was, maybe you didn't do something right that would not let your baby come out normal, you know, she was crying, she and her husband. And I, I, I mean, for, fortunately for them, they met me and my wife. And when we were crying, it was like, what is the issue? Ah, we, the doctor said we have to do operation to bring the baby out. I'm like, okay, so what's the problem? Ah, I can't. Hey, what did we do to God? And I'm like, my wife had to tell him, look, at that time, I think we had three children. She said, we had three boys. The three of them were CS. And all of a sudden, their tears dried up. Really? Praise the Lord. The things that you have gone through, that you have ticked out of your box, like, okay, some people are about to go through those things. They are looking for the encouragement. They are looking for someone to talk to. Share your testimonies. Share your testimonies. When, we, when, when I was getting married, what they told, my mentality also was that, oh, if you have CS for your first child, you can't have more than two, at best three. That's what the doctor said. Today we have four. <laughs> Praise God. It's a testimony. Share your testimonies. What is it that God has done? What is it that God has done for you? Don't keep it to yourself. Share in the joy 
of being in the light. Share in the joy of being in the light. Let that light glow all around you. Let when when you are walking, when you, when, whatever it is you are doing, let the light of God be reflecting. Let people be seeing you and say, ah, ah, "What is it with this guy? What is it with this babe? She's just always radiant. Something's always glowing about her." Let it be so. You know, th- th- there was uh, a time in my life I was working in an organization, and um, the CEO of that organization. I was a little bit up in management. I was reporting directly to him. There were about four, five, six of us or so at that time that were reporting to him. And the, the man at that time was a very, very hot-tempered person, shouting and a lot of stuff. So everybody used to like run away from him and panic and on and on. But me, I wasn't moved. I wasn't moved at all. As a matter of fact, I spent about nine months in that organization not once did he shout on me. Not because I was superstar or anything. But I had the light in me. And I was radiating it. Because I never allowed him, I, I, I never allowed the circumstances around there to dictate my mood. As a matter of fact, that was, I remember very clearly one of my colleagues, his name was Kola, one of my colleagues walked up to me one day. He said, Kunle, the peace on you right now is the one that God says does not make any sense. The peace of God that doesn't make any sense is the way. Because he was panicking and fretting at that time. He was even afraid that the man would just walk into the office and fire him. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let, let it show on you. You know, like Pastor uh, shared with us two weeks ago. Shine your shine. This is the time to shine your shine. Let, let, the, world see what, let the world see what God is doing for you. Shine it. No darling. Shine it. Amen. And finally, what will you do with the light? After you share with your loved ones, after you share with lost ones, after you share in the joy of being in the light, then you share that light with your own soul. Share the light with your own soul. It's very easy for us as Christians to get so engrossed in this person is not saved, I want to reach out to the person. That person is, you know, reaching out and ignoring our own soul. Share the light with your own soul. Be sure that you remain saved. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Always check yourself. Always check yourself and be sure that you're on the right path. And on that note, I just want us to bow down. Maybe there's someone here right now. You've been hearing this thing about light right now. And you're asking yourself, (laughs) do I have the light? Am I sure that I have the light? If you're not sure... It's an opportunity for you to get it right and start a new walk with God and start new walking in the light of God. So if you're here, you want to give your life to Christ. You want to turn to God from today. Just want to raise up your hands and receive a card. We're not going to ask you to come outside. We'll just take the card, fill it and return to the ushers. That's all we're going to ask you. So if you want to give your life to Christ, 
you know you don't have these lights that we're talking about. You want to receive the lights. Just raise up your hand and you receive a card and that will be it. Okay, the children are raising up their hand. Anybody there that wants to receive the lights is a perfect opportunity for you to do so today. Okay, if there's none, let us just pray. Father, we just... Okay, before we pray, we'll just go to the... We're done with the outline. Praise God. So, we want to take any questions. Anybody? Questions on what we talked about today? Becoming light in the darkness. Is there any question? Where's Elizabeth? Any questions, please? Anybody? Or contribution? Or addition? Okay. Pastor Lamide has a question or something. Something, Sean. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so when you were talking about sharing your light with your loved ones, you know, close friends, family see finish kind of thing so um there was an experience that happened in my family a while ago and um so so that experience came to mind when when you talked about that you know so um we're a family of six children and so there was a time that we were having a lot of issues amongst ourselves and we are all christians all born again. So this one will call this one. This one said this one. This one said that one. Oh, why did you tell this one this one? Why did you tell that one that one too? It was a big problem. So then I, I, I said, well, I, on my own part, I'm going, to, I'm going to put an end to this thing. If somebody has done something I don't like, if I'm not going to talk to that person directly, I'm not going to call another of my siblings to say this is what this person did. And so... When anyone called me to tell me, I said, well, you've told me. Can you call this person to her? So, little by little, you know, that way, all the issues now started dying down little by little. I thank God for that. So, but there was, um, okay, so then one of us having financial, a lot of financial difficulties. And we said, okay, we can't keep, you know, looking at our sister having this problem. Let us all come together and help. So we started contributions to help this one, to do that one, to do that one. Well, by the grace of God, with the help of God, a lot of those things, I initiated them with every sense of humility and glory to God. So, so there was a day there was, there was going to be a family meeting. And then, um, okay, so this is the time we're having the family meeting. And so I said, okay, I'm sorry that I won't be able to be a part of the family meeting because I had church program and I, I think that was the second or third time I was saying but I said well but I'm ready to just you know let's move to this I have this event I'm ready to cancel this one so that but my mom was really angry and she said well this is the second time you're going to be saying you, know, you, won't be able, you won't be able to be a part of the I said we can reschedule she said well the meeting will go ahead without you no problem I said okay no problem ma. thank you ma let the meeting go 
But do you know that at that meeting, when he now sent me the minutes of the meeting later, okay, what's the update on this one? Lamide is not here. We don't have any of this. Okay, what's the update on this one? Lamide is not here. We don't have any of this. At the end of the, meet, at the, end of the day, they, they had to reschedule the meeting. So I'm saying anywhere we are, even amongst our families, you know, in different ways, we can be a source of light. And they will see it and see the light of God in you. You know, amongst our friends, amongst our families, you know, with the help of God. As long as we allow ourselves to let the Lord use us as instruments of peace, you know, and as instruments of um, soccer, you know, wherever we find ourselves. And light will come. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Yes, we can be a source of light even in the family. We should actually be. Amen. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, Elizabeth. Um, my question is, like, when there's darkness, how do you know when light is going to come again? When there is darkness, how do you know when light is going to come? Yes. Light will always follow darkness. Now, the truth is that um, we are not in totally... Watch that word now. We're not totally in control of how long that darkness will be. But our alignment with God is what shortens or lengthens it. The closer we are with Jesus, the shorter the darkness becomes. Thank you. And, and that's where a lot of people struggle. Because darkness comes, they are not in connection with God. Then darkness lingers. Then they are saying, where is God? But if you align with God, remember what pastor said, when light comes, darkness doesn't come to negotiate with light. It flees. It doesn't come to say, okay, okay, uh, light, uh, slow down now. No, it just moves. There's no negotiation. There's no discussion. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Any other question? Okay. Alright, so if there's no question, we look at the comment section. We say today we commit to become the light in our families. We commit to be the light in our organizations. We commit to become the light in our community. We shine our shine. No more dulling. And God will help us as we do so. So as you've heard the word, we promise, commit to act on it. How will you pass it on? Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you once again. We give you all praise and glory for all we have, you have taught us yourself. We ask in the name of Jesus that Lord, every word that has been shared today, Lord, will land on fertile ground will be useful for our souls in the name of Jesus. This word will not be counted against us, but will be counted for us because it will make us better and closer to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Take it up, Father. 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 Take it up
Thank 